From Outside's Healthy Living Group, this is HLG's Talk Healthy Today podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Davis. I just read an incredible book. It is called The Rain Barrel Effect, How a 6,000-Year-Old Secret Holds the Answer to Finally Getting Well, Losing Weight, and Feeling Alive Again. It is a number one international bestseller. I am not surprised. It has so much incredible information that's going to change your health and your life. And it is by Dr. Stephen Cabral, board certified naturopathic doctor, practicing functional medicine and helping people get well, lose weight and feel amazing. Hi, Dr. Cabral. It's great to be here. I think people who listen to the show have heard of naturopathic and functional medicine, but we always have new listeners. So can you go over those two before we jump in? Sure. So uh, one of the biggest differences you for the first two years of um, education in, in medical school or naturopathy school is that you're learning about all of your physiology, your anatomies, you know, kinesiology, everything that you would typically learn. And then for the last two years in naturopathy, you study herbs, you study underlying root causes, um, and you look at basically how does nutrition, how does movement and exercise, how does fresh water, how does the sun, how do all the natural healing modalities actually help people get well? And then in conventional medicine, well, they take more of an acute-based approach, which is how can we help people who are suffering use medications to limit those symptoms? So you know, I believe there's a time and place for both. There is no solution in conventional medicine to chronic-based disease. The most that they can do is mask the symptoms of disease. And what we hope to do is help people when they're ready to be able, actually able to get to the underlying root cause. And that is actually done through functional medicine. What functional medicine does is it looks at underlying root cause issues. So beyond your blood work, how's your gut functioning? Do you have candida overgrowth? Do you have bacterial overgrowth? How about parasites or H. pylori? Do you have heavy metals? So what we do is we say, okay, what are the things causing inflammation that then cause whatever your disease is that's predisposed by your genetics? And so that's really what we what we do. And um, although, you know, there isn't that magic bullet that there is for a prescription drug, uh, in the long run, you're going to be a lot happier. Yeah, you know, I love that you said when you're ready. Because you do have to put some work into this, right? You have to put some time. You have to change habits. You have to adopt a healthy lifestyle. And you might even have to adopt a healthier lifestyle than you think you have. Do you ever see that where you feel like people are like, oh, but I eat so healthy. And then you break it down. You're like, you know what? Not so much. (laughs) That's right. No, 100%. And that's because a lot of the health foods we think are healthy, they're still not really like whole foods. You know, a lot of times we just believe that we are, but we're still doing a lot of the quick uh, fixes. But the thing is, it, it actually, like I said, it doesn't have to be difficult. It just takes a little ways to get there. And then once people know that you can still enjoy all your favorite foods, you just can't enjoy them every day. So you might have one flex meal a week, you know, as you're getting well. And that's when you get well, you could probably have two a week and you'll still be totally fine. Um, and there's trade-offs, right? So the trade-off is, well, you have amazing energy when you wake up every day. You feel good. You're in a good mood. You're at the proper weight for your body. And the trade-off is you just have to do a couple things that actually get you there. That's That's the big thing. Yeah. And for you, I know that you grew up like so many of us, you know, eating junk food and highly processed foods. And but at 17, it hits you early. You were diagnosed with Addison's disease and type two diabetes and more. Take us back to that time. Yeah, it almost didn't make sense because I was playing sports every season in high school. I was a senior in high school. I was at a normal weight for my body. And Uh, It just didn't make any sense that all of a sudden my body, my immune system literally shut down. So what happened, though, was that for the three years before, I had been on antibiotics for skin condition, 
for acne. And so, you know, a dermatologist doesn't know that your taking antibiotics every day is destroying your gut. It's literally, it's killing bad bacteria in your body that can cause acne. That, that does happen for some people. Sometimes it's hormonal. And, um, but it's at the same time, it's killing good bacteria and it's causing intestinal permeability. So every time I would eat, my, the proteins and bacteria in my gut would actually move into my bloodstream. And that was happening essentially all day long. My immune system then was set off. And again, we didn't know any of this was happening because it was going on inside. And I looked pretty healthy on the outside. So then over time, uh, my immune system just got overwhelmed and essentially shut down. And this is the case for so many men and women uh, using not just antibiotics, but it could be antidepressants, uh, it could be thyroid medication, it could be birth control, and their bodies eventually become very imbalanced. And, and that's really what we refer to as the rain barrel effect. It's the overflowing. It wasn't just that I was on antibiotics because, you know, why my senior year of high school? Well, it was a massive amount of stress too. I was taking SATs, trying to get into a good college, trying to get a scholarship, working a job at the same time, relationships and friends going off to, you know, going off to a new school away from my family. So all of that stress combined with poor eating, because I was eating poorly, um, and then antibiotics, that was a recipe for disaster. What got you on this road that you're on now that's been so successful? So for me, I spent two years going from specialist to specialist. I saw at least 50 uh, different doctors and specialists. And um, it was obviously a very frustrating and depressive road. There's no doubt about it. Anybody who says that they're not depressed for a period of time with debilitating illnesses uh, is probably not telling you the truth. And um, it's just, again, I want people to know that uh, there is a way out. And so how I made it out was just continually pushing forward after every single relapse. Because I would get better for three or four months doing a certain program and protocol. And then maybe I would do an introduction or I would stop something. I just didn't know because there was no blueprint. So then I would relapse and I would feel terrible again. And I would feel better in the summers with sunlight. And then I would get chronic sinus infections and pneumonia and bronchitis in the winters. And it was just cyclical. It was every couple of weeks I would go on more antibiotics to get rid of the bronchitis and, and, uh, and pneumonia. And then I would get it again. And, and that happened uh, for about 10 years, unfortunately. But then I met my mentor, Dr. Pete, uh, Dr. Margaret Pete, and she introduced me to the world of naturopathy, the world of functional medicine, and the world of genetics. And I had never, and, and I should, sorry, I should also say Ayurvedic medicine, which is your unique body type, right? So I have a unique body type which goes along with my genetics. It doesn't mean that I'm completely different from everybody else, but small adjustments need to be made for me with my uniqueness of my body. And so the same goes for other people. So what she did was she simply took what all the other practitioners had already worked with me on, added the Ayurvedic piece so I would know more about myself and combine them all together. I mean, that's literally what she did. And I was better within six months. So I had spent nine plus years being sick. I don't get me wrong. I was getting better as I started to test more and find out more about myself, but she put it all together. And again, I, like I said, I was better within six months. And then, um, it's been a long time since I've been better now, 15 years. And I feel, I'm honestly, I feel better every year. I really believe the human body can get better every year to a point. And maybe that point is like 70, early seventies, but I see people thrive, you know, uh, thrive throughout their eighties, but really not make any lifestyle changes at all until basically that 70 years old point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my mother got really sick in her early 40s. She got covered head to toe in rashes. They couldn't figure it out. And she lost a tremendous amount of weight. And she had so many food sensitivities. She literally was down to like eating. And this was in the 80s. 
chicken, broccoli, and like brown rice, like mm. nothing else. It was just very depressing. And she had taken a lot of antibiotics uh, in her life for different reasons. And if we just take, let's take Hashimoto's because it's a good example. You know, about 70% of our practice, maybe a little bit more is, is women. So we see predominantly women always have, you know, since I've had my practice, uh, women are simply more open to natural health-based modalities. And so, of course, you know, it makes sense. But um, when you look at it, Hashimoto's, again, let's keep in mind, it's an autoimmune disorder. And it, it's not something that you are, you're, you're genetically predisposed to it. But it doesn't mean that you have it at a specific time in your life. So, for example, you probably didn't have Hashimoto's at six years old, but you had the same genetics. So what happened was over time, you overflowed your rain barrel and now your genes now showed themselves in what's called an epigenetic expression. Now, the thing is, those genes can go back because, again, you can be down two different paths. So in Hashimoto's and all autoimmune issues, 90 percent of the related issues are gut related. So even if you eat a good uh, diet, it doesn't mean that there's not some gut dysbiosis, which is a ba- imbalance of good bacteria versus bad bacteria, we'll say. There might be some yeast overgrowth. There might be H. pylori. There might be parasites. The good news is there's only four of them, and then you have to heal and seal the gut, what's called for leaky gut. So those proteins aren't moving in. So again, I got rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disorder. You got Hashimoto's. So I'm not predisposed to Hashimoto's. Nobody is in my family. But all four of my grandparents and both of my parents got rheumatoid arthritis. You better believe it's in my genes, right? So what happened was I had it, but now I don't anymore. So I no longer have Addison's disease, type 2 diabetes, uh, or rheumatoid arthritis, or any of the insomnia, allergies, all the other things I had. And the reason is that I went to the bottom of what was causing this and was able to get rid of those. Another big thing with Hashimoto's, though, is heavy metals, cadmium, arsenic, and then two other metals that actually displace good iodine in the thyroid, and that's fluoride, which is commonly found in tap water, and also chlorine that's found in tap water and pools as well. So those are called uh, their haloid group. And when you take them in, believe it or not, they'll, they will basically block iodine absorption, which is causing dysfunction in your thyroid as well. So I mean, that's what we do. We just look at what are the underlying root causes, and we go about rebalancing those. You know, you mentioned in the book a lot about toxins, and holy cow, there are so many. Yeah, so right when I wrote the book three years ago, again, it still holds true today. It's just double the amount of toxins. So there's 144,000 now. Back then, there were 77,000. It's kind of uncanny. It's like three years we doubled. And it's because they're always coming out with new uh, chemicals, and a lot of them are plastics. The problem with plastics is that they're what's called... um, they, they are feminizing. They will create more estrogen in the body. Now, that's not a good thing for men or women because women and men were uh, programmed to produce the proper amount of estrogen when balanced. And then, of course, once menopause comes, the estrogen production is going to be lower. But again, that's pre-programmed and normal as well. The difference is what's called xenoestrogens. And those are estrogens from the environment that we take in. And they are from uh, a lot of these products that uh, like BPAs uh, is a big one in plastics. And, you know, like you said, a lot of them are unavoidable. So that's not really our goal. Our goal is not complete avoidance. Our goal is to minimize the things that we use most on a daily basis and then not worry about, you know, going out in the outside world after that. So you have to start with your uh, drinking water, then your cooking products, uh, like uh, spatulas and pans, and we can go over those if you'd like. And then the last one is bath products. If you do those three, 
Um, and then the last one I want to share is um, the food, of course, that you eat. But there's a pretty simple rule. It's you can eat the clean 15, the non-organic, so you can buy conventional if you'd like. Uh, although the organic will have more micronutrients, which are vitamins and minerals, because it's better soil. Um, and then whenever you see the dirty dozen list, then those 12 foods never eat unless you can get them organic. And that's a pretty simple way to live by. Yeah, that's true. And you can get so many great frozen fruits mm-hmm. and vegetables that are organic. I want to talk a little bit about the food. Okay, so I know in your book, do you not recommend cows or, or it's okay if they're grass-fed and organic? It's, it's cow's uh, milk that we do not recommend. No, milk for is anyone. terrible. Yeah. So, and that's just because it's so inflammatory in nature. Most people aren't drinking raw cow's milk anyways. They'd have to get it from a small farm from, so if they're going to have dairy, we just recommend sheep or goat based, uh, they're going to. And, and typically again, it's, it's not necessary, but if you're looking at younger children, you feel like you need it. And then people always say, well, we're going to get your calcium from, and then you can say, well, there's more calcium actually in like almond milk than there is in uh, you know, cow's milk and there's more calcium in green. So, you know, you can kind of go down that, that rabbit hole and debate. Uh, but of course there are, there are lessers of those evils. We actually, the only time we don't have uh, like, let's say a grass fed, grass finished beef on our plan is on our 21 day functional medicine detox. And that's simply because it's the hardest food to digest. So it's not that it's necessarily bad for you in the small amounts that you're eating, but um, it, and again, it, so there's pros and cons. A hard to digest food like red meat has a very high thermogenic effect on the body, which means it actually burns a lot of calories when you eat it because it's hard to break down and hard to digest. Now, um, the, the good news is that's not necessarily bad if you have a good, strong, robust diet, uh, sorry, digestion, but many of the people we work with, at least in the beginning, they don't digest meat very well. And that's because they don't have enough stomach acid or enough proper enzymes or slow peristaltic movement. So when people do our 21 day functional medicine detox, they come from all walks of life. We don't necessarily know what exactly is wrong with them. So we try to develop the healthiest, uh, meal plan for them, not exactly customized for them. How do you feel about quinoa, by the way? Yeah, ancient grains like millet, quinoa, amaranth, uh, we're, we're oh, fine with. But just like you, we actually eliminate them for three weeks. And and for people with autoimmune disorders, we actually don't do grains until we've really done a lot of gut-based repair. And the reason is that they're cross-reactive. There's something called molecular mimicry. So when you take in something like a gluten, uh, your body also then goes on high alert against that thing, which it ramps up the immune system. And then if you're already immunoreactive, it can attack the thyroid or whatever your weak point is. So you're right. And that's why we eliminate it uh, for sure. Oh, that's interesting. So you, well, I want to get to the 21 cleanse, but in general, what are some of the main foods that you'd like people to eat, especially if we're talking about people with autoimmune issues? Yeah. So we're, we're recommending a lot of the things that would be great for gut healing as well. So we're recommending, we have something called our CBO protocol, which rebalances the gut. And I always, all of this information we give away for free. So it's not like, you know, again, you can see if it works for you or not, but what you need to do is you need to not feed the candida or bacterial overgrowth that may already be there. So, you know, for people's first month, it's not always the best option to do a lot of fermented foods or probiotics, because if you have a gut overgrowth, you're adding more to it. So you always want to lessen first, if that's the actual underlying root cause. And again, you can test for that first, so you can look at it. Uh, And again, some people might work for them right away. So again, you don't ever know until you test. So if people aren't going to test, we always like to say, hey, what's the safest route we could take? And we take that. So we're looking at all proteins are going to be fine for us from a, from a whole food um, perspective. So we've got pastured eggs, 
pastured chicken, wild caught fish, uh, and then we have grass fed, grass finished uh, beef. And so those are all fine. And then we have the vegan based proteins. We have beans and we have mung beans or dal, and then we have chick beans and hummus, those types of things and, and hemp hearts. And a lot of people can't digest all of those, just like they can't digest red meat, because what happens is there's a certain amount of fructans in there, and so they start to ferment in the gut. But some people, they do work. So we simply give people the options because we work with people that are more paleo and more people that are more vegan. So we give options there. And then we choose healthy fats. And the healthy fats, again, there are people that love saturated fat, and there are people that love polyunsaturated fat. And you can find a lot of research against saturated fat. You can find a lot of research against polyunsaturated fat. And you can find a lot of pros for both too. But what you don't find really any negatives for are monounsaturated fats. So I always say, when in doubt, you already spoke about olive oil. You already spoke about avocado. All right, you've got your two best fats right there. Like you can't find anything really negative about that unless you were to have a food sensitivity, which is super rare. We test tens of thousands of people for food sensitivities and we almost never see olive oil or or avocados. and then, then you can move your other fats from there, which if you're okay with it, I like um, some ghee, so some grass-fed, uh, grass-finished ghee, um, or some coconut oil, and just not in excess. Because if you're going to cook with oil, which we don't typically recommend, you can always add your oil afterwards, uh, the best and healthiest oils to cook with are something that are going to be saturated so they don't oxidize while you're cooking. Right. I do, I have to admit, I do like to saute things in avocado oil. Uh, but I'm going to try your your way when I was reading the book about doing, you know, putting it on afterwards. It will always be healthier. But let me just, so one little tip is you you get the flavor from it being saturated in the, in the avocado oil. So toss it in a bowl or bag or something to totally saturate in olive oil with a little bit of Himalayan sea salt and any of your favorite herbs. Um, or if you're going to use an olive oil or avocado oil, add an antioxidant to it. So if you don't mind the taste of lemon, squeeze some lemon in or some garlic and the antioxidant in that protects the oil from becoming oxidized. I'm feeling really good because the amount of garlic is insane in my home and onions too. We saute a lot of onions as well, which is really delicious. Let's talk about stress because you talk about these things that are toxic enemies. And we've talked about the beauty products. We've talked about toxins. Now we talk about food. Let's talk about stress. You know, if you were to pick two, people always say, well, what should I work on first? And I say, well, there's, if I could boil down, you know, we've got EMFs, we've got nutrient deficiencies, we've got poor sleep, we've got all these different things that could be causing you to either become unwell, to become overweight above your healthy weight, or to age faster. Those are the three things we typically work on with people. And there's two main reasons. One is uh, gut dysfunction. So the four issues that I just named plus the leaky gut. And the other one is stress. And stress can lead to gut dysfunction and gut dysfunction can lead to more stress. And that's because, so one is that stress by itself without any antibiotics, birth control, alcohol, pharmaceutical drugs, heavy metals, et cetera, can cause leaky gut. Stress alone can cause intestinal permeability, which is basically instead of your body breaking down and absorbing all the good food in your intestines and only let it out what it should, I should probably say what leaky gut is. Leaky gut is when larger food particles that have not been fully broken down come into your bloodstream along with other bacteria and pathogens because the gap between your intestinal wall actually increases. And so that's what allows them out. So stress alone can do that. But then also stress is just being in the fight and fight or flight more often than the parasympathetic, which is the rest and relax. And when that happens, you are not healing. 
and you're not repairing. So you're aging faster. You don't get enough REM sleep or deep sleep. And all these things add up over time. Now, in terms of the gut, well, your gut has its own nervous system called the enteric nervous system. And it talks to your brain every single day, all the time through the vagus nerve. So if your gut's not well and it's inflamed and you feel bloated or gassed, you're uncomfortable, it's giving signals, not in human language, but to your brain that something is wrong. And that can lead to anxiety, overwhelm, irritability, and more stress. And it can show up as headaches and migraines and brain fog and fatigue and skin rashes. And then you get more stressed about those things, right? And so there's, it's a vicious cycle. So if you can work on two things, you work on those two. And then honestly, it helps with sleep and relationships and, and so much else because you're more like yourself. Dr. Cabral, one of the things that I found so fascinating was the way that you work with people and the way that uh, functional medicine works. If you can jump into that a bit. Yeah. So there's a couple ways to enter a functional medicine or integrative health practice. And you can actually enter through lab testing or you can enter through protocols. The protocols are already set up for if you know you have heavy metals or you have detox pathway issues, autoimmune issues, um, gut issues like the CBO protocol. So there's protocols set up, and that, that's nice because then you don't have to lab test. But really, every human, even healthy humans, should do these functional medicine lab tests. We have something called the Big Five. And so you can find out about these lab tests. And, of course, you can work with us in our practice, but also you can work with over 4,000 integrative health practitioners around the world. You can work with a local naturopathic doctor. They just need to specialize in in this type of work, and and there are so many. So don't feel like there's any one practice you need to work with, but you need to know the lab tests that are available to you. So what we would do is we would actually look at gut function with the – it's called the candida metabolic and vitamins test and the food sensitivity testing. Then we would look at hormones – which is the stress mood and metabolism test. It actually looks at estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, cortisol throughout the day. Then it looks at vitamin D and thyroid and blood sugar levels. So you can see it's, it's pretty in-depth, and it's going to show you, oh, the reason why your brain fog is you have low cortisol in the morning and you have high cortisol at night. So this is why you can't sleep at night, and yet you feel like a zombie until 11 a.m., and that's really common. So that's another one of the labs. The other is omega-6s versus omega-3s. Everybody in the world tells me they have the best diet, but when you run that lab, we say, okay, but it's still a little inflammatory. So we either have to eat a little bit more wild-caught fish, or we need to use an omega-3 supplement, your choice. And then uh, with the last lab is the uh, minerals and metals test that looks at heavy metals, plus your electrolytes, because we already looked at your vitamin levels before, and um, it's going to look at your stress patterns. So we don't guess at all. We can tell you exactly what vitamins and minerals you need. If you need more omega-3s in your diet or not, we look at your gut function, we look at your hormones, and we can balance those things out naturally. So that's the big five, and that's, of course, what we recommend. There's a smaller version called the starter kit, which looks at all of your vitamin minerals, gut and um, stress levels. It just doesn't give you the hormones and the food sensitivities. Earlier, you you mentioned the rain barrel effect. And I'm curious if you can kind of explain that a little more to the audience. Sure. So the rain barrel effect. Now, the unfortunate thing is most of us never go find a integrative health practitioner of some type until we're already sick, you know, and that's the problem. And so that means your rain barrels already overflowed. But what we do is we see symptoms ahead of time. So if you're feeling any brain fog or cloudy thinking, you don't have energy when you wake up, you need to wake up to an alarm clock, uh, lower mood, irritability, 
uh, lower libido, uh, less ambition, less drive, skin rashes, hair thinning, especially for women. Uh, what we what we say is this: like, okay, so your rain barrel is starting to fill up, meaning like you're showing symptoms that you're on the path to some type of disease, autoimmune heart disease, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, cancer. Those are the main ones that people get. Now, the way that we get all of those symptoms that eventually leads to disease, which is simply an expression of our genetics that we can turn on or off, is from the something I call the de-stress protocol. So we basically work backwards, and it's looking at your diet, good or bad, exercise, existent or non-existent. Sometimes people are overdoing it, to be honest with you. Then we've got our stress. We've got our toxins. You know, if you've never done a functional medicine detox, it's different than a cleanse. It's different than teas. It's different than juices. It actually just works with your body. Um, we look at your sleep, right? If you're only getting, if you're getting less than seven hours of sleep a night, or you're not getting 90 minutes of deep sleep or two hours of REM during that time, you're not probably recovering overnight. We look at emotional balance. You know, again, you can be doing everything right, but if you're super stressed, or have trauma, that needs to be resolved as well because supplements and food and all that cannot get you out of that. And then there are scientifically proven supplements, which is what we use, not mega doses, but balancing doses. And then there's the success mindset. So that's the last part of our equation for helping people because, again, the only people we don't see get well are those that quit after a couple of weeks. They're like, ah, I'm not better yet. Or that relapse. And sometimes they relapse because they are actually um, so intertwined with their disease that they cannot understand and live life without that disease. Think about it. And this was me. So I had you know, chronic fatigue, Addison's disease. I had type 2 diabetes. I had all sorts of issues. And I was like, oh, I was the sick person. And when I spoke with people, they would ask about that. And it's what I would talk about. And all of a sudden I was this, you know, Addison's disease sufferer or victim or whatever it was. And so that's your identity. And so you now have to learn to create a new identity as someone that's actually healthy and deserves to be healthy. And that is actually mindset based because if not, it's like a temperature, right? It's like a thermostat. If you set it at 70, and you open the doors or whatever, it's going to keep cranking it back down to 70 degrees. So I got well, and then all of a sudden I relapsed, and I would relapse. And a lot of that had to do with my mindset. And so I just share that with people because truly getting well is mind and body. I'm so glad you mentioned the trauma because I don't think people understand enough the role. It's funny. This is like the third interview that I've done in the last couple of weeks where I was talking about what are called ACEs, adverse childhood events, mm -hmm. and how they really have a huge impact on your health. I, there's, um, there's a lot of different methodologies people can use, but the one that I've continued to see really work over and over is called internal family systems therapy. Oh, and I only learned about it a couple of years ago. Before that, I was always recommending a form of regression hypnotherapy with neuro-linguistic programming. And internal family systems kind of uses some of that, but to a much greater degree to heal what's called like the inner child. It's really powerful. There's pretty much no downside to it. And there's a lot of great trained therapists to, to do it. Yeah. You know, when my mother had cancer... Uh, she did every natural thing under the sun. I mean, everything you could imagine. And, but I didn't see her doing any emotional work. Mm, yes. You know, and she had a lot of trauma that she hadn't dealt with. I want to talk about heavy metals a little bit. Is there someone who would say, 
oh, I, I suspect I have heavy metals because A, B, or C. So the, well, the average person uh, most likely has some elevated levels of aluminum in their body. And we see that we actually don't test anybody that doesn't show for at least mildly elevated levels. And the reason is aluminum pans, aluminum spatulas, you just scrape them over time. A little bit gets on there. Cooking in aluminum foil, uh, aluminum is in antiperspirant uh, deodorants. And you've got aluminum in any uh, like um, a lot of makeup-based products. And the biggest one is tap water. Ice cubes is going to have aluminum in tap water because what it does is it binds up other metals, but there's no set amount to what aluminum you can put in. So aluminum is going to be there for everyone. Aluminum is a... Um, well, it causes free radicals. So free radicals then causes oxidation. And we know it, at least some of it can pl- pass the blood-brain barrier and maybe one of the causes, not the only cause, but one cause of Alzheimer's and dementia as well. So there's aluminum. Now, if you're like me, during college, I was big into weightlifting because I was trying to change the outside appearance of my body because the inside was a mess. So at least I could fix the outside. So that's what I did. And actually, it, it brought me a lot of uh, hope because I was able to do something with my body, even if it wasn't internal. And I, so I was following like a bodybuilding-based diet, and I was eating a can of tuna every single night. So when I got my heavy metals tested for the first time at about 21, 22, when I found some natural health practitioners, um, I showed really high on, on mercury. Because tuna is super high in mercury. Swordfish and tuna are very, very high in mercury. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you eat a lot of rice, you might show up high in arsenic. Uh, There's a lot of processed foods. You'll show up high in cadmium. Both of those are terrible for breast cancer and prostate cancer. Uh, Arsenic's really bad for uh, the thyroid. So, yeah, these are all things that, again, I just recommend testing for. If you're not going to test, then um, we have something called the heavy metal detox. And that's, again, all natural. So it's crack cell chlorella. It is cilantro. It's vitamin C. And it's a biofilm disruptor because that's where a lot of these heavy metals bind up. And that's six weeks long. Doesn't change your life. You just take the product and it binds them up. It's been proven. Uh, all this is obviously research-based. And uh, it's been proven to eliminate 90 to 93% of those heavy metals. Oh, that's incredible. Are there certain autoimmune diseases that you see more often in people that have heavy metals or is it just sort of across the board? They just have a variety of autoimmune issues. Well, heavy metals are one of the largest implicators. So it's gut stress and heavy metals of what causes really autoimmune issues that we see 100%. And then it's uh, and then again, it's where is your weak spot? So like, so for me, it was my fingers, my elbows for rheumatoid arthritis, uh, my thumbs, especially it was the worst. And then for someone with Hashimoto's, uh, it's going to go to the thyroid for someone with MS. It'll go to the myelin sheath on the, um, actual nerves. So that's just your weak spot. But what does the heavy metals do? Well, what they do is they create inflammation and the inflammation then kind of sets off your weak point, your Achilles heel, for lack of a better term. Uh, and that's when genetics matter because it allows for the expression of that. So the only thing I would say is, um, yes, they're there. And then the the other ones are condition specific. So for Hashimoto's, um, it was the arsenic, the bromines, the fluoride, and the chlorine, which I think I mentioned in the rain barrel effect as well. For two years, I worked as an aquatic therapist. It was my first job in the health field. And it was great. I would work with the physical therapist and they would tell me what exercises to do in a 92 degree heated pool inside. And I loved it because I'm a people person and I take them through all the exercises. And I had to quit though, because after two years, I couldn't take it. Being in, in a hot room with the chlorine, I don't even want to think about what that did to me. So I probably right. should get tested. That's another thing too. Like that was 30 years ago. So does that make a difference or not really? That just stays in you? 
Well, your, your body will certainly deal with uh, the onslaught, but what happens is our bodies also store away these toxins that they're not able to eliminate right away. So they typically put them in our fat tissue, our adipose tissue. So, and then, again, this is all scientifically proven, which is why when a lot of people lose weight, they oftentimes have Herxheimer reactions. They get skin rashes, headaches. They feel terrible, flu-like symptoms. That's because your body fat is actually 300, two to 300 times more toxic than your blood because you can't have those things in your blood. Your liver can't get all of them, so it just puts them in your, your body fat. And so it's, it's called pulsing. And so what happens is when you burn that body fat or you're at, you, know, you oxidize it because you're losing weight, it comes back in your bloodstream. And now your liver, which is why good, a good functional medicine detox helps ramp up your ability to get that out. So make sure you're not constipated. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water to get it out through your stool and out through your urine, which are the two main ways you excrete these toxins. And that's very helpful. But what happens is 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it is, um, your body then, though, gets set in a cycle. And so now you have to fix that cycle, meaning like you might have set off an immune cascade that just never rebalanced. Or you might have chronically low levels of iodine. And that's because chlorine displaces iodine. And so, okay, now we need to bring up your iodine levels to a healthy level to be able to make more, you know, to be able to make more uh, thyroid hormone. You know, it's so interesting because I've heard people say, oh, I'm detoxing and that's why I have a headache and why I feel lousy. And I never really understood it. So it's about the fat and what's in the fat getting released is what is what you're saying. Just want to make sure I understand. Well, there's, there's two reasons why people may get a headache. So like, let's say one out of 10 people, I think that's probably a fair uh, estimate. And what happens is one is they stop caffeine. Now, if you stop caffeine, you're going to get a headache. So don't blame it on the detox. You know, a lot of people say like, oh, I'm like, did you stop caffeine? They're like, yes. Okay. Well, you don't have to stop it. You can just have a cup of black coffee. Just don't put anything in it or your black tea or whatever you like, your matcha tea. That's fine. Um, but you can get it from a detox. And so what happens is um, you can get those those headaches. There's there's no doubt about it. They typically last for between one and three days. And that might be a reaction from you um, oxidizing body fat because in your first seven days, you're probably going to lose five pounds. And it is a lot of it coming from inflammation, which is water retention, as well as body fat. Now, that water retention isn't healthy, so you're losing that, which is nice. It won't come back unless you go back to living a previous lifestyle. And um, and then the body fat as well. So uh, these, are all, these are all healthy things to lose weight. That's why if anybody works with us to lose weight, we just say, listen, we're going to get your body as healthy as humanly possible, and you're going to lose weight as a result. Now, what if there's somebody who doesn't want to lose weight? Let's say they're just naturally thin and they want to do the detox, but they don't want to lose weight. Yeah. So now that I'm at my goal weight for my body, I still do a quarterly detox of seven days. So I don't have to do the 21 day. I did that. So you do a seven day. So for those seven days, I'll probably lose three to four pounds. But if you're, but I'm also eating less than I would, less starches. So when I go back to that, I can just put that weight back on. So it's not, it's, it's really based on the individual. And we also allow, um, instead of just doing the detox based shakes, like smoothies, they can add a little bit of berries to it if they need to on days three through seven. But really what we want is for all humans, weight loss, weight gain, weight maintenance to do the first two days of the detox shakes, because that gets people into something called autophagy, a deeper level of autophagy. And autophagy is what we know now. Again, it won the Nobel Prize in cancer research in 2016. So we know that if we fast for a certain period of time, over 24 hours, we begin to kill cancer cells in our body. So the longer we do that to a point, the healthier our body gets. So what we do is we do 48 hours of 
20 ounce shakes. So 8 uh, a.m., 11.30, 3 o'clock, and then 6 o'clock, I believe, um, are the four shakes. And that's for two days. There's enough amino acids and detox cofactors like uh, you spoke about broccoli before. So broccoli contains something called sulfur or sulforaphane, which ramps up what's called phase two liver detoxification. It's what most people are weak on. They don't eat enough cruciferous vegetables. And so we ramp that up with more broccoli than you could ever eat. And we allow the person then to take all these fat-soluble toxins from uh, you know, again, bath products and tap water and pesticides and be able to move them out of their body in a much faster way. That would take maybe never. That would take more than a year. Oh, wow. Now, what's in the shakes? And people should get your book, by the way, because this is in the book, but I just wanted you to mention it too. Yeah, so the, the shakes are a plant-based protein because, again, we work with people on vegan, paleo, whatever the diet may be. So it's plant-based protein, 15 grams uh, for the two scoops of the daily nutritional support. Then it's a full multivitamin. It's a full mineral and electrolyte. It has uh, fiber and it also has uh, what we call the detox cofactors like alpha-lipoic acid for stabilizing blood sugar, uh, sulforaphane for phase two detox, and acetylcysteine, glutathione, which is the mother antioxidant that the liver produces on its own. So what we're doing is we're not looking to tell your body what to do. We're looking to give it all the raw material it needs in order to do its job, like the methylated B vitamins. A lot of people take a multivitamin from a Costco or Target, but honestly, it's, it's more a waste of money than anything else. And the reason is that it's they're chalk-based tablets. Um, they're not in the methylated form of B vitamins, so they're gonna build up in your body rather than being usable. And so again, we don't believe in mega dosing, but we do understand that even if you're eating a good, healthy, organic diet, uh, we can show you on, on something like just the starter kit that you're most likely deficient in a couple minerals and vitamins. And that's because since 1960, uh, there's been a lot of what's called soil degradation. So they no longer use a three field system where after a season would, was done, all the cows would go out and chickens and all the manure would then refertilize that soil. Well, they don't do that anymore. They plant after plant after plant. So if there's less vitamins and minerals, well, technically less minerals in the soil, you're not going to get them in your plants. You're not going to get them. And the, by the way, even if you eat meat, well, the cows and other things are not going to graze on grass that has the same level of minerals as well. So what we do is we just like to supplement a good whole food diet. And that's, that's essentially what we do. That's what we've seen work really well. Well, that's great. So the first two days is shakes, and then those shakes continue throughout the 21 days, but you're adding in whole foods? So you do the shake for breakfast, and each shake has 20 ounces of water. So if you look at it, you're getting 80 ounces of water. So that's 10 glasses of water for the day. It's all spaced out over three hours. You can take as long as you want to drink the shake. Uh, there's only about uh, 50 calories in each shake because we don't want to push the body out of autophagy. We just want to make sure that you don't lose a lot of muscle mass and that you're able to keep your detox going. And so that's really important for, uh, we don't want to lower thyroid. We, we can, we've already thought about this from a clinical perspective. And then on days three through seven, you're having a vegan lunch, a plant-based lunch. So choose whatever beans or hummus or whatever you want for protein. Then you're doing a shake mid-afternoon um, and then you're doing your dinner, which is going to be uh, fish, chicken, uh, whatever you'd like there, or another vegan-based meal. That's your choice. So that part's actually pretty easy for people to do, you know, because they're eating four times a day. It's just the first two days, which is, that's why we do it as a community too. We always like have a support group because you can make it through when you know other people are doing it as well. That's kind of the nice part about it. Uh, but honestly, that's where the results are. Most people aren't willing to do that, uh, but that's really where you get those deeper healing-based results. 
Yeah, no, I would love to do that. I mean, first of all, I want to take all the tests and keep everybody posted, but I definitely want to do this. And I, I'm just so impressed with your work. Again, the book is great. The Rain Barrel Effect, How a 6,000-Year-Old Secret Holds the Answer to Finally Getting Well, Losing Weight, and Feeling Alive. Again, Dr. Stephen Cabral, tell us all the ways we can find you and your awesome book and how to work with you and all that good stuff. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's really great to be able to share and talk with your audience. The best two ways are just the freeways. It's basically the book. Uh, we, we literally are just, after three years, we want to give the book away. So we are just, uh, we print it and then people pay for shipping and handling. And uh, then there's the podcast. So the podcast is the Cabral Concept. That's every single day. There's over 2,000 shows. And if you go to stephencabral.com, which is my main website, and you click on the podcast tab, there's a search button and you can literally search any topic, Hashimoto's, rheumatoid arthritis, the most random of topics. And, um, and you'll be able to see it there for children and adults. Uh, those are probably the best two places to start. And then I'm on Instagram and uh, it's just my name, Stephen Cabral, and you'll be able to find all the different lab tests and protocols from there. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy Today. Please do rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And also, if you want some behind the scenes on Talk Healthy Today or a chance monthly to win my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex, which is a memoir, cookbook, healthy lifestyle guide, it's the title is just a play on words, please go to www.lisadavismph.com. Sign up for my newsletter. And once a month, you'll be getting some great information as well as being entered into a contest to win my book. So again, go to www.lisadavismph.com. Get more on Talk Healthy Today and keep coming back. There's always great information. Thank you.